0: Hello and welcome to episode 498 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this evening. My name is Terence M. Stanton. We're recording on Wednesday, April 12, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with St. Alphonsus Liguri's Wednesday prayer to the Most Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain deliverance from hell. My most beloved lady... I thank thee for having delivered me from hell as many times as I have deserved it by my sins. Miserable creature that I was, I was once condemned to that prison, and perhaps already, after the first sin, the sentence would have been put into execution if thou, in thy compassion, hadst not helped me. Thou, without even being asked by me, and only in thy goodness, didst restrain divine justice. And then, conquering my obduracy, thou didst draw me to have confidence in thee. O, and to how many other sins should I have afterwards fallen, and the dangers in which I have been, hadst not thou, my loving mother, preserve me by the graces which thou didst obtain for me? Ah, my queen, continue to guard me from hell. For what will thy mercy and the favors which thou hast shown me avail me if I am lost? If I did not always love thee, now at least, after God, I love thee above all things. Never allow me to turn my back on thee and on God, who by thy means has granted me so many graces, My most amiable lady, never allow me to have the misfortune to hate thee and curse thee for all eternity in hell. Wilt thou endure to see a servant of thine who loves thee lost? O Mary, what sayest thou? I shall be lost if I abandon thee, but who can evermore have the heart to leave thee? How can I ever forget the love thou hast borne me? My lady, since thou hast done so much to save me, complete the work, continue thy aid. Wilt thou help me? But what do I say? If at a time when I live forgetful of thee, Thou didst favor me so much. How much more may I not hope for now that I love thee and recommend myself to thee? No, he can never be lost who recommends himself to thee. He alone is lost who has not recourse to thee. Ah, my mother, leave me not in my own hands, for I should then be lost. Grant that I may always have recourse to thee. Save me, my hope, save me from hell. But in the first place, save me from sin which alone can condemn me to it. May all the words that I speak be so many arrows dipped in the blood of thy sacred heart, O Jesus, to pierce the hearts of all who hear them with love for thee. Amen. Holy face of Jesus of the veil of Veronica, dear Lord, through the immaculate heart of Mary, I offer these prayers in reparation for the sins which most offend God in our times. Blasphemy, the profanation of Sunday and Holy Days and Communism. Pater noster, in celis, sanctificator nomen tuam, Adveniat regnum Tuum. Fiat voluntas Tua, sicut in cielo et in terra, panam nostrum quotidiam de nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitibus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libra nos amalo, Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, sed benedictus fructus ventris tui, Iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honorum mortis nostrae. Amen. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, Sicut erat in principio, et nunc et semper, et in saecula saeculorum. Amen. The Golden Arrow Prayer: May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most mysterious and unutterable name of God be praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and in the hells, by all God's creatures and by the Sacred Heart of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ in the most holy Sacrament of the Altar. Amen. For the defeat of communists, Freemasons, and all revolutionary men. Eternal Father, I offer thee the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and all the instruments of his holy passion, that thou mayest put division in the camp of thy enemies, for as thy beloved Son hath said, a kingdom divided against itself shall fall. Eternal Father, we offer thee the holy face of Jesus, covered with blood, sweat, dust, and spittle, in reparation for the crimes of communists, blasphemers, and for the profaners of the holy name, and of the holy day of Sunday, Amen. We're going to continue, friends, to look at the introduction to the traditional Latin Mass. This is entire, entitled Attire and Etiquette. It comes from the wonderful website, fisheaters.com. The basic idea of how we should behave in church is summed up by the Second Council of Lyon in 1274. It is fitting that he whose abode has been established in peace should be worshipped in peace, and with due reverence. Churches, then, should be entered humbly and devoutly. Behavior inside should be calm, pleasing to God, bringing peace to the beholders, a source not only of instruction, but of mental refreshment. Those who assemble in church should extol with an act of special reverence that name which is above every name, that which no other under heaven has been given to people, in which believers must be saved, the name, that is, of Jesus Christ, who will save his people from their sins. Each should fulfill in himself that which is written for all, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Whenever that glorious name is recalled, especially during the sacred mysteries of the Mass, everyone should bow the knees of his heart, which he can do even by a bow of his head. In churches, the sacred solemnity should possess the whole heart and mind. The whole attention should be given to prayer. Attire People have no problem, it seems, dressing for weddings, funerals, office parties, or dates, but seem to think that dressing to meet Almighty God at the Mass is passé. But dressing for Mass is simply a matter of showing proper respect, not only for God, but for others around you. It's certainly not a matter of showing off one's finery. Lots of people don't even have fine clothes. Certainly, too, some people may attend certain Masses, say the 5.30 p.m. Masses, on the way home from their construction jobs. Fine. There's nothing to worry about in these things. Never let circumstances out of your control make you feel embarrassed or keep you away from the sacraments. But one should always wear clothes that are modest and, if possible, all things being equal, clean, and the nicest clothes one has. Below are some guidelines for proper attire, which also apply for other liturgies such as Eucharistic Adoration or the Divine Office, etc. Cover up. Both sexes. Cover your shoulders and your knees and everything in between. Avoid revealing necklines. Shorts and sweats. Just say no. Blue jeans. Nice blue jeans can be okay, but just okay, especially if dressed up, but are not ideal. But if jeans are all you have, then by golly, wear jeans. Ties and jackets, typical for men and considered the mark of the well-dressed male in the West. If you have no suit or jacket, then come in the best you have. Head coverings, laymen never wear hats in churches, except for rare ceremonial reasons on the part of some confraternities and lay associations. On the other hand, as a matter of tradition, Women do cover their heads and have from the very first day of the church. Head coverings, mantillas, scarves, hats, etc. are put on before entering the church, at least before entering the church proper. They aren't necessary in the narthex and can be removed after leaving the church or in the narthex. Please read more about veiling here, and a hyperlink is given. Some parishes and chapels will have veils available for women who don't have any. Special to women, like men, Women should wear their Sunday best, which in the West is typically considered to be a dress or skirt. If dresses or skirts are worn, hemlines should cover the knees. When standing and sitting, shoulders should be covered, i.e. tank top dresses and spaghetti straps are not kosher, and necklines should be modest. If you have no dress or skirt, then wear the best outfit you have. Just a note on lipstick, if you wear some, be sure to blot really well before kissing icons, statues, the priest's hands, etc., Cell phones, pagers, turn them off, or at least set them to vibrate if you truly need to know if you're getting a call. Etiquette. This is beyond etiquette, but I will note here that you are to fast before receiving the Eucharist and are to refrain from receiving the Eucharist if you are in a state of mortal sin. If you are a public, unrepentant sinner, the priest has every right and duty to not offer you the body of Christ. General deportment in a church and at the Mass should be based on these truths. Christ is present in the tabernacle. Therefore, respect the sanctuary as the holiest area of the church. It is the holy of holies. During the Mass, we are at the foot of the cross, witnessing the representation of the sacrifice at Calvary. How would you behave if you could see, in a way very apparent to the senses, Christ on the cross, pouring out his blood for you? What sort of gratitude and reverence would you exhibit? Look upon the Mass with the eyes of faith, And know that the all-too-common focus on the Mass only or primarily as celebratory meal or a happy gathering is in no way Catholic and in no way represents the truth of what the Mass is. If you're not shy, greet newcomers outside or in the narthex, not in the church itself, as they come in or leave. Make them feel welcome. Learn their names. Give them eye contact, a warm handshake, a friendly pat on the back. Introduce them to the priest after Mass if they haven't already met. Let them know they are welcome, wanted, and entering the house of God. If they are new parishioners, talk to them sometime about events and associations in your parish. If there is coffee and donuts or some such being served after Mass, invite them. Go out of your way to make them feel at home. Of course, on the other hand, some people are loners or are in very contemplative moods before Mass or just like to go to Mass and be left alone. Use your intuition and respect their wishes, but a smile never hurt a loner either. If you are a newbie, understand that the traditional Mass is a radically different experience from the new Mass. It is quiet and prayerful, not boisterous and focused on meeting and greeting others. Don't mistake quiet reverence for meanness. Folks are there to pray, not form a social club. Hopefully, though, your parish will have extra liturgical social events such as post-Mass coffee and donut get-togethers. When you enter the church, cross yourself with holy water and thank God for the grace given to you at baptism. When you reach your pew, genuflect toward the tabernacle and the sanctuary before sitting down. Keep sacred silence in the church. Avoid unnecessary conversation and keep necessary conversation to a very low whisper. The church is a lot holier than a library, eh? Please try to be on time for Mass. Sometimes things can't be helped. Without doubt, cars break down, babies need changing, alarm clocks fail to go off, but chronic lateness for the Mass is rude and disruptive. Confession. If you go to confession right before Mass, let the priest know how many people are in line behind you for the confessional. If you have an extremely long confession to make and there are many people behind you and Mass begins soon, mention only mortal sins. Make your confession at a later date if you, have, if you only have venial sins to confess. If you're unable to go to confession, do not receive the Eucharist if any of the sins you need to confess are mortal. When someone is in the confessional, keep a very wide berth of it. It's very, very rude, very rude to stand anywhere near the confessional when it is in use by another. I always put a hand over my ear that faces the confessional if I have to pass by it and someone is in there with the priest. It's not that one can overhear what is going on inside the confessional. I never have, at least. But it helps signal to others that the confessional is a very safe Private place that all Catholics understand needs to be respected as such. Children. Children sometimes can't help making a bit of noise at Mass, but it's usually the kind of noise we Catholics love to hear. What's better than new Catholics, especially little tiny ones? If your child is out of control, though, or disruptive enough to distract people or makes it hard for others to hear or contemplate, take him to the narthex, the crying room, or outside. Remember, too that an acceptable level of noise to you as a parent might be one thing because you are so used to hearing your children that you take their sounds for granted. Others might find that same noise very distracting. And please, don't let your children kick the backs of the pews or turn around and stare at people behind them. Note that children under the age of reason, seven years old, aren't required to assist at mass. So while it is extremely laudable to bring children of all ages to mass, it is okay to leave them at home, too, if it makes things easier on you, or if they are particularly cranky or boisterous one day. It might be best if couples with tiny infants and very young toddlers sat in the back of the church and at the end of the pew, if possible, so that if you must leave to tend to your children, your departure won't be distracting. Children who are old enough to pay some attention, though, might be better off sitting in front so that they can watch more closely what the priests and altar boys do. This will not only help them learn about the Mass, but will keep their attention occupied so they'll be less restive. Children who are old enough to read should have children's missiles so they can follow along. Encourage your child's attention at the Mass by teaching him and by asking him questions beforehand, giving him things to watch for. As an example, you could ask him, how many times the priest makes the sign of the cross during the Mass and let him try to count them? What side of the altar the priest chants the epistle from? At what times the bells ring? how often the exchange Dominus Wobiscum and Etcum Spiritutuo is made, to discover what his favorite chanted melody is and what the words mean, etc. Ask him to look and listen for things that help us know what liturgical season it is, for example, the presence or absence of the Alleluia or Gloria, the liturgical colors used, etc. Have him listen to the priest's sermon and to the gospel readings, and then have him repeat it back to you at the after breakfast or during dinner. Ask him questions about what he heard during the sermon and gospel readings, what it means, what he thinks about what he heard, what questions he might have to draw pictures that depict today's gospel, etc. Make these exchanges fun and interesting, though. We don't want church to be seen as a chore or a bore, and the child shouldn't feel as if he's being put through an inquisition. One thing I'd like to add is... um, If there are people who are mentally or physically handicapped at the Mass, please welcome them. Some people are incapable of remaining quiet for an extended period of time. If they're making noises at Mass, it's not a big deal. Don't stare. Don't be rude. Be as welcoming as possible. Being pro-life means welcoming everybody. To continue, do not chew gum or bring food or drinks into the church. The only exceptions are discreetly breastfeeding or giving a bottle to an infant, or of course rare medical emergencies such as giving water to a person, reviving from having fainted, etc. True charity trumps all law, and law exists to serve charity. Never applaud in church for any reason. Do not pray in the Orans position, with arms extended upwards or outwards during the liturgy, Though it is an ancient, natural, and beautiful prayer posture, rather like a child reaching up to his father, and though it is commonly seen among the laity and the Novus Ordo Mass, it is a posture reserved for priests during the properly offered Mass. Pray in the Aran's position all you want at home. Hand-holding during the Our Father. This is not a traditional Catholic practice. It's fine if you want to hold hands with family or friends you've come with, But don't grab strangers' hands or engage in the pew jumping and running down the aisles to find someone's hand that goes on during the Novus Ordo Rite. And I remember a gentleman, you know, good guy, solid Catholic, uh, revert to the faith, talking about how wonderful it was that this uh, men's group or this men's conference. They had a, a mass and there were hundreds of men holding hands during the Our Father. And I was invited to attend this and I politely declined. I knew that was just absurd and I, I didn't want to be a part of that during the offertory the very first part of the mass of the faithful is when the collection is taken have your offering prepared before you get to church and ready to pull out at this time the ushers will move from the front of the church to the back away from the altar how much to give is left to your discretion as we are not bound by the old testament laws of tithing but are bound as a precept of the church to support the church as a general command. If you're not receiving the Eucharist, be sure to raise the kneeler, if necessary, and make room for people to cross in front of you so they can go stand in line. When you receive the host, don't chew on it like it's a piece of steak. Let it soften in your mouth and swallow. One does not respond amen or with any gesture but the sign of the cross after receiving the host, unlike in the Novus Ordo. After receiving communion, keep a custody of the eyes. Walk back to your seat with eyes in front of you toward the floor. The most traditional posture after receiving communion is to walk with your hands in the prayer position, palms together, fingers pointing upward, held at chest level. When you reach your pew, it is customary to kneel after communion. Both before and after you've received, maintain this custody of the eyes and don't watch people as they return to their seats. Though the Eucharist unites us into one body, it is paradoxically a very intimate time that calls for intense gratitude. An individual contemplation. You may see people cover their faces with their hands or veils for a sense of privacy. The Mass is not truly over until the priest has left the altar. Don't sneak out after communion. When it is time to leave, i.e. after the priest has descended from the altar and left the building, those sitting in the front pews generally leave first, first in, first out. This order should be maintained because we genuflect again upon leaving our pew and we shouldn't be genuflecting towards some guy walking toward us down the aisle or blocking his exit. When you do exit your pew to leave the church, genuflect once again toward the tabernacle. Some Catholics also, again, sign themselves with holy water when leaving the church, a perfectly fine, pious custom, but one which isn't related to the historically rooted purposes of blessing oneself upon entering the church. Non-Catholic Guests If you bring a non-Catholic guest to Mass, explain to him the meaning of the Mass, its parts, what to expect, etc. Beforehand, and definitely explain to him lovingly, before you arrive at church, why he is not allowed to receive the Eucharist. Assure him that he is most welcome and that we are glad he is with us, but that we Catholics know that the apparent mere bread and wine are truly the very body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. Tell him... That if that is not how he sees it, we believe he would be eating and drinking judgment on himself, 1 Corinthians 11.29. And that we would be absolutely remiss in allowing him to receive the Eucharist without discerning the body of Christ. Explain that even if he does believe it, Catholics who are not in a state of grace and young Latin Catholics who haven't been properly prepared for their first communion don't receive the Eucharist, so it's nothing personal. And if he does believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, teach him about the rest of Catholic teaching and get him to convert. Uh, the Catholic high school, if I can jump in for a moment, that I formerly uh, taught at, there was a young man who I believe was a Protestant, he was being raised, he was adopted, being raised by a Protestant mother, um, Catholic father, unfortunately was being raised Protestant, But at the previous Catholic high school he had attended, no one said anything to him when he went up for Holy Communion. He was a Protestant. I believe he was a Lutheran, in fact. He went up to receive Holy Communion at at Mass. And I informed uh, the gentleman who was the headmaster at our school, you know, this young man isn't a Catholic. He shouldn't be receiving. Now, the previous place he went to, a so-called Catholic high school, had no problem with him receiving the Blessed Sacrament. no. As the writer here at Fish Eater says, we welcome non-Catholics to join us to, to attend Mass to see what it's all about. But you may not receive Holy Communion unless you're a Catholic. Because most Protestants merely believe they're receiving you know, bread and wine at their so-called communion. We truly believe we are receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We take him at his omnipotent word in John 6. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. So if you're a non-Catholic, please, you are welcome at Catholic Masses, but you are not welcome to receive the Eucharist until you convert, and you should convert. Refrain from Judgmentalism is the final section. Do not sit in judgment of those who come to Mass, not knowing the proper attire and etiquette. I speak here of the good-willed who are simply ignorant, not of public, persistent, unrepentant types, who use the mass for political purposes, who are intentionally disrespectful, etc. Even with that latter group of people, we are to refrain from personal judgments and are to love them in truth, even as we judge their actions and protect our church. Instruct those who are new to the church gently and lovingly, and mostly by good example. Ideally, churches and chapels will have the basic expectations written somewhere in the narthex, in parish bulletins, in pamphlets, in the pews, etc. But in any case... Dirty looks and an accusing tone hurled at a newcomer are uncalled for. Much more Christian and effective is a simple, Ah, you're new here. Welcome. It's great that you're here. Here's some information that will help you feel comfortable at this parish. Please, if you have any questions, just ask. All wrapped up in a warm, genuine smile. Instead of thrusting a veil at an unveiled woman and looking at her as though she's the devil incarnate, Give her a big smile and a, oh, sister, you don't have a veil. Here's one that would look pretty on you, or some other such thing, assuming you can speak genuinely. If she isn't receptive, just mind your own dang business and let father deal with it in his way. Finally, don't assume the ill-dressed even have better clothes or were in the circumstance of being able to access better clothes. Maybe they'd been in a hospital waiting room all night. Who knows? None of your business. While we do owe our Lord our best, the Mass isn't a fashion show, and we've lost the Christian message entirely if we are like to whited sepulchers which outwardly appear to men beautiful, but within are full of dead men's bones and of all filthiness, which sitting in judgment of other people without knowing their situation and acting like holier-than-thou Pharisees would make us. So ends the article. I would like this time, friends, to share with you once again helping autism through learning and outreach available on the web at halo-soma.org and also episode 277 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast in which I discuss with my wonderful niece and my wonderful sister, RPM, an acronym for Rapid Prompting Method, which is a system of communication for non-speakers. Let's get the word out there far and wide because communication is a human right. And now to ask the intercession of my dear co-patrons, St. Raphael the Archangel and St. Joseph the Terror of Demons, for their prayers for non-speakers and their families. Almighty and eternal God, healer of those who trust in you through the intercession of St. Raphael Archangel, hear my prayer for non-speakers and their families. In your tender mercy, restore them to spiritual and bodily health, that they may give you thanks, praise your name, and proclaim your wondrous love to all. I ask this through Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Memorarii to Saint Joseph. Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto you, my spiritual father, and beg your protection. O foster father of the Redeemer, despise not my petitions, but in your goodness, hear and answer me. Amen. The Three Hail Marys in honor of the Immaculate Purity of Our Lady of Fatima. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, se benedictus fructus ventris tui Iesus. Sancta Maria, mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, se benedictus fructus ventris tui Iesus. Sancta Maria, mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia Plena, Dominus Tecum, Benedicta tuum mulieribus, et Benedictus Fructus ventris tui Jesus, Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostrae, Amen, for a very special intention. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, erat in Principio et nunc et Semper et in Secula Seculorum, Amen. Sweetheart of Mary, be the salvation of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, the United States of America, Canada, and the whole world. Virgo potens, or pronobis. Sancti Yosef, terra daimonem, ora pronobis. Sancti Raphael Archangeli, or pronobis. In nomina patris et fili, et spiritus sancti. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for tuning in to episode 498 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. Follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Fatima Podcast. And most importantly, please offer up prayers and sacrifices for our Catholic bishops. One more thing, if you could give us a five-star rating and review. If you believe Our Lady's podcast is worthy of it, do so at Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to the program. Goodbye and God love you.